The Magic Book Club podcast. Hello, welcome along to the Magic Book Club. Our guest this week is renowned Michelin-starred chef Tom Kerridge. After starting out as a sous chef under Gary Rhodes, before making head chef at just 28, uh, you have seen him on your screens on MasterChef, Great British Menu, Saturday Kitchen, and now he's here on your radios and on the Magic Book Club podcast. His new book, Lose Weight and Get Fit, is out now, and you can watch the TV show on BBC Two this month as well. Hello, Tom Kerridge. Hello, mate. I'm guessing I'm fit. I'm guessing you're fit. Look at you, you look amazing. What are you talking about? This is all, we've got Christmas right there. I'm calling this new tyre Christmas 2019. That's what's happening there. Um, You look very well as well. Well, we're getting getting there. It's the same old battle that everyone else is on, but this is kind of, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, listen, the book and the the show is great. It's going, the idea is, you know, over an eight week period, we've taken 12 people, one of which is myself, and gone, right, this is the starting point. Where can we get in eight weeks' time? Yeah. And it's been it's an it's an amazing journey. We're a little bit through it. We're we're, we're on it. I think we're in week two. Right. And it's kind of um, yeah. By the end of it, it's all filmed. It's all done. But right. You will see some. Um, there's some wonderful life changing moments for some of the guys that are in it, and it's great. So is that a new twist on the format that you are one of the people, or has that yeah. always been a way? Well, yeah, no, it is. It, it, it is. New. Well, I got to the point where I, I mean, I changed what I did. My regime and what I did so I used to swim an awful lot and swim every swim every day and then I changed it to getting into the gym and then I started doing then I started lifting and I was lifting things and I got to lifting like heavy stuff and mm. got to the point and I was putting bulk on and you I was don't getting, want that. well I was getting big and I was getting strong and I was like right. but that's very different to being fit like I mean I wasn't doing I was just like right this is where I'm going that's what I'm doing I'm you know I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening and then I went actually all I've done here has got bigger I yeah I am stronger but this isn't where I want to be I want okay. being fit is about you it's, it's about being more alive being out on a bike being hanging out with your kids doing what like everything about it and it was going the wrong direction so I needed to go right I need to make a change again how do I do that I know I've got the mindset to do it what way should I do it I tell you you know we're going to do something with volunteers like we normally do I'm, I'm going to be one of them. I'm going to put my neck on the line here. here I write go. the recipes. Yeah. I get my best mate in who's a personal trainer to do all the training stuff, get the get fit stuff, and let's see where we can go over an eight-week period. Now, let's talk about the personal trainer. So at the back of this book, uh, Lose Weight and Get Fit, we have got... Now, this is a new spin-off. Now, I don't think I've ever seen this in a cookbook before. It's a genius idea. It's one of those things where you see it and you're like... Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Get fit with Adam. Here you are. You got yeah. Adam, your personal trainer. Yeah. And uh, you met in Cheltenham. Yeah. In the Nam, you go back to the Nam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. We've known each other for thirty-two years. Isn't it scary when you put numbers on your friendships? Yeah. That's a that's a long time. So that was when you were in Cheltenham. What you were training then, or? Yeah, no. Well, I'm from Gloucester, so uh, yeah. so I'm from Gloucester, and I I moved into a house when I was um, when I was eighteen. Moved out moved into a house with some mates. He was one of them. That was right, it. Right, Job right. done. We've been mates ever since. Best man at my wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah, there, yeah. here he is appearing at the back of your book. Now, Adam is uh, this this fitness coach, fitness instructor. Is that what we he call is, him? Yeah, yeah. He's a personal trainer. And, but, but what he, he he's not like your standard, like, Trojan fitness trainer. He's like, right. he's like, like, his background is actually through working with NHS and working through people for rehabilitation and for people who are scared of gyms. You know, much more people who just want to get fit without having to necessarily, 
it will do the gym stuff. Yeah. But for people who do, you know, it's not always about six packs and looking amazing. It's about being fitter and being more active. So it's very much more about a personal and the personal side of training and yeah. trying to make it accessible and easier and less scary and not having to have expensive gym memberships. He'll come to you and all that sort of stuff. Being able to do, um, uh, so you can do it with resistance bands and things that, you know, you haven't got to go and have not all too of much that kit. Because that is exactly. the thing. I, yeah. I look at the gym and two things put me off the gym and I know there's a lot of people, this might annoy people, but uh, the, the idea in my head where a gym is full of weights and, it, and I'll be honest, loads of intimidating men in uh, the weights bit in the gym, I'm just like, I'm never going to go in there. I hate all that stuff. I feel like an absolute plonker. Also, and that, as we've already said, that gives you a certain type of body, which for me, I'm already big. If I bulk out even more, I'm going to look ridiculous. What I want to do is get thin, it's not thin, it's to get fit and feel better. Yeah. So then when you see these guys who just got a mat, yeah, they just got a mat in the park, and you're like, that's what I want to do, because they're doing all sorts of planking and, and movement and exercises, and that's what's featuring that's at the back of this book. Exactly, because it means it's accessible, it means it's it's, it's not as scary, like you say, it's not as intimidating, and, you know, and it, and it worked really well, and, that, and so Adam came in and put these exercises together for the 12 of us to get on, and what we could do, and how we can move more and get fitter, and, and I wrote the recipes, and then... Between the two of us, we see where the 12 of us, you know, we've put the thing together and we see where all 12 of us get at the end of eight weeks. All right, well, let's talk about the recipes. Right, yeah. okay. Tom Kerridge. I've done some, I've never done this before. Okay. In all the times I've had people on. You're shaking a red bottle of something at me. Well, I'm shaking a red bottle of your own produce. I love that. Right, so I've gone into this book and I was having a look through it last yeah. night. Right, don't worry. I'm nervous. It's fine, don't be nervous. Okay. I went through the book. There's some brilliant stuff in here. I mean, it looks fantastic. As ever, your recipes, and this is a day dangerous time we're doing this interview what just before lunchtime yeah and i'm i'm having to talk to you about the book and i'm just seeing these photographs it's making me starving so i have made the mocha get up and go shake i love that this is the breakfast milkshake right it yeah. was so easy to do yeah 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 yeah. they're great and, and a lot of them you can do a bit in it but the big thing about being on a diet is always trying to get planning structure planning getting yourself ahead of things yeah. making sure that you can you can you know, you don't let yourself get hungry, and if you are yes. going to get hungry, then you've got you've got your shake in a little cup, like like in your in your container that you can have fights off like that those hunger pains. Yeah, I've got something for you. Hello, <laughs> hello. I got um got oh. I got my balls. Oh. I was going to talk to you about your balls. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the balls. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, thank you. I, I just point out <laughs> that these are carrot cake balls. I thought they'd be in a balls. jar. No, these are carrot cake balls <sighs> desiccated in, with desiccated coconut. Um, I'm going to let's come back to your balls. Now, would you like a bit of your very own mocha get up and go shake? I've got, I've got a glass here for you. Would you like a bit <laughs> I of it? I would love okay, something. Okay, fine, here we go. So this is quite nerve-wracking making something for Tom. But Tom, this is your recipe, right? So yeah. it's only a little bit left, look, because I've had yeah. so much this morning. Because I was on the breakfast show this morning on Magic. And you liked it. And I, me and Harriet Scott shared some of it. It's got banana, it's got uh, cocoa powder, whole milk, porridge oats, a shot of espresso, some ice cubes. How is it? Mate, it's delicious. I mean, whoever wrote that recipe? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not about the recipe, it's about the execution, my friend, and you've done a wonderful job. It's tastes delicious. I mean, how great really is that? Good. It's, it's really the good. Banana really comes through. That's what comes through, first of all. And banana, it's got that filling thing to it as well. Yeah. Ice cream milk, full-fat cream milk as well. I should probably have told you that before you had all of it, if you're counting your calories. But this Don't is calorifically worry. not too bad, is it? No, it's the energy thing. And actually, quite a few of the recipes in the book... Um, they do have the full of fat produce. They do have things there that help bring the flavour. There is a little bit of butter. There is a bit of chocolate. Yeah, but we're there less is, worried about that these days. There is a little bit of um, chorizo and bacon, but it's used in the right way to drive flavour rather than just... So, yeah, you know, we, we will... 
as a lower calorie or a calorie counting book. There are some recipes that are slightly higher in calories, but they are higher in flavor. And that means that you feel satisfied for longer. Everything about it is about trying to keep hunger away. And then, you know, one of my balls there, that is a swap out for a chocolate bar in the afternoon. Can you know, I, would you mind if I have a go on your balls? No, you please bite away. Thank you so much. Mm, now, tell me again, what am I eating here, Tom? What's in here? Oh, it, oh, it's like the, a, des- the desiccated coconut. Yeah, it's lovely. It's like a carrot cake. It's, I mean, it's got dates in it. It's a richness. It's kind of like it's kind of like a raw. You know, like everyone likes raw cookie dough, that mm, kind of thing. Mm. It's kind of like a raw carrot cake mix, but without the egg bit in it, and it's blended together. And it and, and it is full of energy. It's that pick up in the afternoon, then rolled in desiccated coconut for texture and flavour. It's so delicious. Good. Hooray! <laughs> That's real. Um, I would say the other thing about the energy balls which have become very popular recently, is each ball, if you buy it uh, in a shop, costs about 48 quid. They're so expensive. (laughs) And I've been looking for some good energy ball recipes, and you've dedicated... There's a good three or four pages here to to these energy balls at the back of the book, so good on you. I really appreciate that. Well, they're good things as well because of the fitness being a part of it, because Adam's routines and the bits in the back, and because this is hopefully for people who will go to the gym as well, and people who, you know... uh, these energy, you know, the pro, the, the, the energy shake that we, we've got here, the energy balls, they're, they're the sort of things that will get you, you have in the morning before you go to the gym or the sort of thing that picks you up afterwards when, you, when you're drained of it, when you've been doing a good hour's workout or, you know, whatever it is and you've pushed yourself, you need something to, a boost straight away. These are the sort of things that work for that. And it really does help if you can get hold of them, make them and then keep them in the fridge, bring them with you. Like they, they, They're the sort of things that make you, they will help stop you make those bad decisions. Because that's what happens when I the, the other you day get I went for my you have crisps. So true. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the, that is the name of your next recipe. Yeah, book. yeah. Twenty twenty one. We'll move on to the next one. Get hungry, <laughs> eat crisps. Let's just, let's do a crisp book recipe. Tom Carriage's healthy crisps. But it's true, and it's human nature. You get back, and this is what I love about your writing and about your recipes is that you understand people. You know, you're not making this platonic ideal of food where we just kind of it's imaginary. It's made up. We can't. We don't have the time to make this stuff. This stuff is real. It's makeable, and it will save us from reaching into that cupboard grabbing I mean I, the other day I got back from a run and I was starving and I think I had five biscuits what an idiotic thing to do if I just had uh, yeah. do you know what I mean a banana or something there to take the edge off give me a bit of time to make some scrambled eggs I wouldn't have done that I was yeah. giving away calories there. yeah that's it, 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 it but it's so difficult and it, I, listen I get it Everybody, I know why it's really difficult and it, 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 we, we all fall into that trap but if you've done that planning and you've got that you've got the stuff ready for you when you get back and you know we all know that when if you've done a run and you get back if there's biscuits and chocolate bars there, that's the first thing you're going to get Get if you haven't got them there and you've got an apple a banana you've got yourself I don't know a really nice you know a ham sandwich made with wholemeal bread and mm. no butter and low fat mayonnaise and but suddenly you just come in and go right great and it fills that gap that instant uh, I've had something it takes all those cravings away yeah. you just Arm yourself with the right stuff. And there's an emotional... The, part of the cravings is not just your body's need for sugar or food or carbs or whatever. It's it's an emotional thing as well. They're tied in with emotions. Tell us about the emotions for you at the moment doing this this, this journey that we're seeing, uh, the TV show where you're losing this weight with the group. Have there been hard times? Do you find... Are you bonding with the group? Does this happen every year you do this show? Do, do you know the lovely thing about this is because we're filming it in Gloucester, it's back to where I'm from. So oh, it's back to So it's back to the... Uh, back home. And, it, and it's a load of people that, you know, that are... That, you know, we we all we're all mates by the end of it. We all know each other. We all know, we have the same sort of background, and we know the places. We know, we, we all lived. You know, I lived there. These guys still live there. You know, yeah. it's a it's a it's a lovely journey to go on. But 
Do you know what? The biggest thing for me is being, when when you put yourself in front of the limelight, we all know, you know, you, you're on the radio, you talk about it, you do bits of television, you do bits of media, you're exposed, you're exposed to people judging you. It's it's fine, you get a thicker skin, you're used to it, it's no bother. Mm. However, you know, now taking 11 people and myself and doing weigh-ins, getting involved, being, you really are opening yourself up. These, yeah. these guys, these guys are super, super like, brave and amazing to be able to to be able to do that on television and the emotion is quite big because all of a sudden I feel I feel exposed normally I'm just I'm just writing the recipe normally mm. I'm just writing the recipe and it's being it, it's easy for you to stand back and watch people do it but to actually take part in it yeah. it's massive and you feel responsible for them as well surely huge huge responsibility for it like and it's 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 quite um yeah, it's very scary. You've got people's responsibility, but also my own. Yeah. Like, I'm writing these recipes, they've got to work, because because <laughs> I'm, like, doing it. I, I mean, it's got to work. Hey, Tom, I've just had one of your balls. I, yeah. I, I can tell you these recipes work. <laughs> um, let's go back a bit. Let's dial back a bit. Um, I want to I want to go a little bit more about you. What made you... When did you know you wanted to be a chef? When did that whole journey begin for you? I didn't really know I wanted to be a chef. I ended up in a kitchen needing money and as a job and I, fe I fell in love with the industry I have to be honest I like I, I walked into a kitchen I fell in love with the way of life I fell in love with the people I fell in love with the the immersive exciting intoxicating energy that the hospitality industry can give you showbiz isn't it, it showbiz it, yeah and it but the people that are in it are it's such a, an eclectic and diverse industry that you meet so many characters and walks of life and it really doesn't matter Educational background makes no difference. It's about mm. caring for the guest, making sure they have a lovely time, creating, cooking, a passion for, you know, someone who makes cheese and wine and brews beer has the same love for someone who grows vegetables or a fisherman and then a chef. You, you're the end person that gets all of this and you meet all of these people and, and, and it's an incredibly exciting and wonderful industry to be in. And the best thing about, like... Most people, the best people that are in the hospitality industry, from start to finish, and by hospitality I mean farming and I mean fishermen and I mean everything yeah, all the way yeah. through, aren't in it because of the money. They're in it because it's a way of life that they want to have. And yes, if you're successful, it can do really well. However, there's people that just are really happy baking bread and just doing a lovely... And just love the whole... Like, it's a wonderful industry to be in because it ticks so many boxes and it's run on passion. And that's what I fell in love with. I don't know if this is because I'm outside the food industry, the hospitality industry. It's not something I know much about, apart from as someone who sometimes eats <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> but I feel as... I, this probably sounds naive, but there doesn't seem to be too much cynicism. People seem very earnest and honest and, and genuine about their stuff. I think that's people like you as well, because it doesn't feel fake. And that in this day and age, people love that. Yeah, but I think, um, listen, I think as a consumer and the end guest, we can all tell when something, it, it doesn't matter how many times people will tell you that this dish is really good. If it tastes rubbish, it's, yeah. it's not good. You know, you know it. So th there's nowhere to hide. You know, there are... There are, th people can be, I mean, it's subjective. Some people will go, yes, I love this food. And so, no, I won't, I don't love this food. And this isn't great. However, raw produce in its purest form is good. End of story. You know, mm. you can't really make poor produce into something super great. You know, and that, uh, th there is a base level honesty that the hospitality industry is built upon. And then that, and that can grow. It doesn't always have to be about food. Sometimes the most amazing service compensates for, 
mediocre food. But if you're enjoying being somewhere, the environment, the people and the services, the skill set that you look at, that is also amazing. So there's an honesty to the service of that, that somebody is looking after you, somebody is making sure that you're having a great night. Mm. You know, even if the food... we've bought you, can't, you can't brand it up, can you? That's the thing. I remember going yeah. to a very well-known uh, chain. Actually, no, it was one of, it was one of his uh, big restaurants at the time, like 15 years ago, and heavily branded with this 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 person, this, this person was attached to it, and the food was just crap. It just wasn't nice. Went with my mum and everything. And it reminds me of stand-up. I'm a stand-up comic. And if you go out and you don't have the goods, you're not funny... It's just not funny. It just doesn't work. It's just a very basic thing. You can't brand it up, and you can't, like you say, you cannot hide. No, You've got you can have an off night, and things yeah. might not be right. You know, you mm. know, you, you you can restaurant. You know, it's human beings. Sometimes you get things wrong. You might get the timing wrong of a joke, or you might get, and it might you, you might be playing to the wrong crowd as well. Yeah. So if or you, both on the same uh, yeah, night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, but you can't have that. But uh, you know, if the material is good, it's still good. It, it's just. At that point, it's a bit, it's not in the right situation. And the same about food. People can have, restaurants can have an off night where things have gone wrong and oven's broken. And so they, the yeah. guest doesn't know or do, and doesn't want to know or care. They just want to make sure that their pizza or their whatever else is, yeah. is great. And, you know, why is it taking so long? Well, it's taking so long because we've ran out of cheese and we've had to go around the same space, but we ain't going to tell you that. <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, those sort yeah. of things, they happen. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. And sometimes you do get it wrong however so what is for you what's the what can you think of a night maybe before the whole telly thing started for you is there a night where it just all went wrong like a really bad day at the office no never <laughs> i mean i've been in this industry nearly 30 years and every single service has been perfect i don't know what you're talking about no listen we all have days where things are not right and food gets sent back and service has gone wrong and we've taken food to the wrong table and they're just they're human errors and mistakes but what happens if if you're a guest that is coming out to have a nice time? Mm. You don't mind if if as a genuine restaurateurs we genuinely care about making sure that you want, you have a lovely evening. You've waited to get into the restaurant, whether it whether it's a chain one round the corner or whether it's a three Michelin star restaurant. If you're a great operator, you care about making sure that that person has had a nice time. And if you come out to have a nice time and there's mistakes being made, but you genuinely feel that we're trying to solve that problem. Yeah. We'll all end up in a happy place. Yeah. It doesn't Communication. matter. Communication. You go out, you communicate to exactly, your customers. Exactly. Okay. But if you go out looking for mistakes and mistakes are happening, that you know, mm. give restaurants a break. Be yeah. Nice, be nice yeah. customers. Don't go on your blooming internet review forums afterwards as well. You know I haven't looked at that <sighs> for about seven years. Just I, I pay absolutely no attention to it. Awful. Like it's, it, I it, can't stand them. I can't stand them. Um, Something else I want to talk about, Tom, and we mentioned it at the beginning, actually, because uh, you, you started out as a sous chef under Gary Rhodes. Yeah, who very well, not quite started out. I didn't start out as a sous chef. I ended up there after you ended... like about seven years, six or seven years of cooking. But I did work for Gary as a sous and chef, and of course he yeah. passed away. He did, yeah, very sadly, yeah. Yeah. So tell us what it was like working with him and how important he was to. So the... Gary was. I mean, Gary is huge for the British food scene. Gary was, um, I think, probably fundamental in the celebration of. British food again. The the when he was at the greenhouse and the way that he he cooked and he made bread and butter pudding or steamed um, uh, steak and kidney puddings or uh, just his celebration of um, simple great British dishes, but done in a an environment that won a Michelin star. It set it let the world know that we're really good. Yeah. That we're really good at cooking, not just like you know, yeah. Um, this is they just do stodgy puddings and they do it. Yeah, Gary showed the world uh, um, that we were great. At, British food is fantastic. His TV shows as well. You look at that. I mean, he was really the first proper chef chef that crossed over from being a Michelin star 
cook to being a television chef. You know, mm. we've had lots of people that cook on television before, like you know, Keith Floyd or Delia Smith or whatever, but they weren't, they're not chefs, not chefs of a calibre like Gary, who, mm. who then took that television and, 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 and then with his shows, um, Roads Around Britain, where he celebrated great British produce and he showcased it, how wonderful it was. I mean, that was a foreground for, you know, for great British menu, when all of a sudden it showed you that the best food isn't just in London, it's countrywide, you know, and Gary was great at showing people that. And then driving his restaurants forward. And and, and as a person that has um, changed the way that British food is seen around the world, he he has, um, is, will always be the, 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 the pioneer of that. Yeah, massive, massive influence. Okay, now listen, Tom, we're going to try something new on the Magic Book Club. This is something I do on my weekend breakfast show when I get a guest in and I use their expertise as therapy. So, I've got some scenarios. Yeah, okay. okay. You have to tell me. Cheese on toast. Thank you. Uh, that's number one. Done, sorted. (laughs) All all three. All three cheese on toast. All right, here we go. In fact, this might work for number one. You're a student, you're back at university. Okay? You want to impress your housemates, especially the one you quite fancy, but on a budget. What do you do? Hey, all right, cheese on toast, but not like you think, all right? Good. So, you nice bread, get a bit of sourdough, get something like get something nice. Spend the money on a on a on a nice loaf. Now, but an expensive loaf is still not expensive if you're not is compared to like fillet steak or sea bass, right? Mm-hmm. It's a nice loaf of bread. And then what you do is the cheese. Now, the cheese you great. Do two types. Do a melty one. Do something like a mozzarella, or maybe even something like a gouda and a strong cheddar. You grate the two, mix them together. Oh, yeah. Cherry tomatoes, cut them up into quarters, mix them in. Fresh herbs, chop that mix in. Loads of cracked black pepper, that as well. Good pinch of salt, and then crack in an egg. Mix it all together. Oh. Make this kind of like cheesy kind of mash thing. Toast the bread. Both sides, very, very important, okay? okay? And then under the grill, but not directly under the grill. You know, like quite often people put cheese on toast underneath the grill and it's high as ever. Yep. Drop the, the grill tray that the cheese on toast, <sighs> drop it to its lowest level. So right? don't blowtorch it. Don't, exactly not. And then you put this cheese mix on top of the bread that's been toasted both sides under the lower heat of a high grill, right? Yes. So what happens is it cooks more evenly and you cook it until it caramelizes and goes brown and crispy and crunchy on the top. And it won't burn the bread, but you get this wonderful, crispy, crunchy cheese. That, and then... Then That's great. you have to finish it with a little splash of Liam Perrin's Worcester sauce. Okay, got to have Worcester sauce. Okay, perfect, all right. And that's coming from a man from Gloucester as well. Cheese so, and toast. Well done. That impresses... You okay. End, you'll end up with a wife doing that. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Um, okay, food therapy number two. Very bad weather outside. You have just come in from a dog walk. You're covered in mud. You've got a cold coming on, right? You're feeling weak and vulnerable, but you're trying to be good. You're trying to eat well. You want something nourishing, but not too calorifically bad. Where do you go? Time scale, how long have I got, right? Because if you've got three and a half, four hours, I'm going to do a beef casserole. If I've got less than that, we're going to do an amazing soup. Well, let's, you want. let's assume beef casserole, and you, before you go out with the dog walk, you start it, then well, you go that, out the dog In that walk. case, it's even more perfect, right? Because get the beef. Now, the big thing about a beef casserole is you can use utilise cheaper cuts, things like brisket, things like uh, uh, oxtail, but the most important one for me, the, mo- the best one for that is shin of beef, right? Shin of beef is amazing, okay? Have it nicely diced up by the butchers. You can buy like you can get it at the supermarket. It's no bother. Dust it in flour, salt and pepper, roast it in a casserole pan, then throw in the onions, caramelise them, then throw in a load of mushrooms, then throw in some potatoes, then throw in a massive tablespoon of English mustard, cover it with beef stock, put the lid on, 
put it in the oven about 140 degrees centigrade, 150 degrees, and leave it to cook, all right? And you leave it in there for about two and a half Two and a half hours, right? You're walking a dog, you feel a bit rubber. Yeah. This is the point where this is where it works because you walk in through the door, the smell. Oh. That's the bit that you go, this is amazing. This is lovely. Oh my God, this smells so great. <laughs> then at this point, put in some diced carrots, some diced celery, stir it in, put it back into the oven with a good splash of beer or red wine. Let that cook out. Leave it in the oven for now for another 45 minutes until those vegetables are just cooked. Take it out of the oven. Two minutes, leave it to sit there for about... 10 minutes. Just this is an important chill. thing, is it? Leaving something to sit Just with leave meat. it to relax yeah. a little bit. Just leave it to chill and then throw in some frozen peas. Stir them all around. Let them, and those peas, that brings out vibrancy, freshness. It yeah. makes you feel that you've got lovely fresh vitamins coming in, but with that warmth and, and wonderfulness and richness and homeliness of a beef casserole. So you've got yeah, smells when you come in, yes. you've got richness and loveliness, and then you've got vibrancy of frozen peas going in. You've got frozen peas at the end. Anything with perfect. frozen peas at the end is perfect. Anything with frozen peas. Okay, third and final bit of food therapy. It is your four-year-old's birthday party, right? Yeah. You have got a bunch of kids coming to your house. There's going to be like 15 young kids in your house. There's going to be parents there as well. You want to put a nice buffet on the table, but you want some bits they can pick at. What is the headline act for your buffet that you know the kids and the parents are going to enjoy? Right, so I could tell you something. He's so good be, at this. He doesn't. He's not even. He's not even having a moment to think. That would be amazing, right? And I would say what we would do is for the kids. You obviously do like some nice crudités because that helps to make you feel that, that all the parents think that you're being super healthy and you're giving yeah. the kids stuff, and that's amazing. Classic. Then you do some little cocktail sausages, lovely roasted and then covered in honey, and uh, you know, so they're nice and sweet and like all delicious. Kids love that. Mm -hmm. Dads and and mums, you're going to do like a like a beef chili or something on the side that they can help themselves to. Nachos, all of that is amazing. Or yep. you could do exactly what I did when it was my little man's fourth <laughs> birthday, which was just before Christmas, where we all went trampolining, had orange squash and a chocolate cake that looked like a lizard, and then we went to TGI Fridays. Yeah, I mean, it was perfect. I mean, i got to be honest, it was just, you know, you, you could do the hard work or you could let somebody else do it for you. Then we had, we had loads of balloons that burst, we had loads of children that was crying, we left a massive mess with spilt drinks and ice creams yeah. everywhere, and then we walked away and let TGIs clear it up. So it's kind of... That is that, genius. That's how to do a four-year-old birthday party. <laughs> Smash up somebody else's house, not your own. And then wave goodbye. <laughs> and then wave goodbye. How leave much a nice, would you like? Yeah, leave Here's a nice a big tip. tip. <laughs> That's brilliant. As long as they're not doing it in one of your many restaurants, yeah. that's the important no, thing. No, I'm quite happy. We pay people to clean it up. Yeah, it's fine. We'll have it's a okay. birthday party. It's okay. Uh, listen, Tom Carriage, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for dropping by to Magic. Um, the new book, Lose Weight, Get Fit, High Flavour Cooking for Dieting and Fitness. Um, it's a great read. How, when you're writing these books, when you're putting them together, how much do you sort of, are you trying out the recipes a lot? Do you sort of tweak a lot? Or do you... Yeah, you, yeah. It's quite, it's quite a nice process to go through. Actually, when, when it's lower calorie, I, I work with a, um, I, I work with an amazing home economist that I've worked with for about fifteen years, and she's an incredible um, uh, girl called Nicole Hurst from Australia, and she's a great friend. But she's also a, like a bit of a foodie genius. She eats out all the time. She knows all the great the mm. trends and the fashions and things. And we sit down together and go, what you know, what are people eating? What's the great things? Who what's being cooked at home? And then we go through the process of cooking it and tasting it. And then when it actually comes to the photographs and doing it all, we follow the recipe exactly to the recipe so that yeah. the photograph is exactly the recipe that's next to it. There's no there's no tweaking to just go, well, yeah, that would look nicer if we just do that like that. or just Like they are the exact same things and that's really important. And if it's not quite right, we'll adapt a recipe and then redo the photographs exactly the same. So everything has to work in tandem mm. for... Because otherwise it's... 
the book's not right. The the photography in this book is is it's it's a this was all taken and shot over over a week period in, in a lovely house where there was friends and family and people and we were cooking the recipes and we were all sitting down and eating them and you know it, it, they all work. It was a case of just making it all happen. So it yeah. it feels very much like it's in a home exactly as it's supposed to be. It's not yeah. make believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. This this is this is not fiction. No, it's <laughs> not fiction. It's not fiction. And if you watch to the end of the show, you realise it works. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there you go, there you go. We already know the ending. He's told us the ending. It's like Game of Thrones all over again. Uh, Tom Courage, the TV show as well. Is the TV show called the same thing? What's the TV it show is. called? Lose Weight, Get Fit. Fine. BBC Two, 8.30's Wednesday. There it is. And I play it for the rest of time. Tom, lovely to see you. Take care. Thank you Thank for Thank you in. ever so much. <laughs>